Hello, and welcome to D20 Downtime. I'm your Dungeon Master, Sean. I'm Kalen, and I play Neltel. I'm Molly, I play Cypress. And this is episode one fucking hundred. And this is episode 100, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it keeps going. It's because I'm mashing the button. It's very good. I'm very excited. It's we so it's actually way over episode 100. Well, I mean 100 uploads, you mean? Um, Yeah, we've uploaded, including all of our like extra bits, way more than 100. But this is our first like session 100. So that's Ooh. very exciting. Hell yeah. It is exciting. And that means we gotta tie this all up with a nice bow to try and bully folks into listening to our podcast without having to listen to 100 episodes of Backlog. Yes. Hey, listen to our podcast. We just got to 100 episodes. That's 100 hours of content for you to get through. <laughs> and conveniently, there's a recap so you don't have to listen to us yeah. figure out mics and shit. Do we want to outline how this is going to go before we start? Oh, to the audience? We're doing a recap. We're doing a recap. I'm going to set this stage on the world. The players are going to introduce their characters. Then we're going to recap the podcast. And we're going to finish things out after that uh, with the players again, reflecting on their characters. Nice. In the beginning, there were the gods, Pelor and Nurul. Pelor and Nurul began working together and creating the world, and other gods joined them, such as Coralon. Pelor, the sun himself drew the world close to him, warming it until life as we know it began to thrive. Since then, there have been a couple ages of life in the world, the first being the dragon rule, when the ancient myths of the giants were, uh, and dragons ruled territory and they governed how people would live. The second age of the dragon wars, in which elves and dwarves appeared on the continent of Nenthia, and the first empire, Selrenia, rose. Dragons were fought off by the peoples of the continent, and they fled, ending the age. As we enter the third age, the dragon retreat, where the dragons all fled north behind their walls, the walls of the nation of Voldrak. And no dragon has been seen south of those walls in the age. Or have they? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. They have. We know this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the basic premise just south of the walls of Voldrak, there is the Borderlands, which is a wild territory full of elves. It is uh, just north of Arkeneld, one of the remnants of the Selrinian Empire that is ruled by wizards, and has some influence over the Borderlands, which is where our elven protagonists live and where our story starts. The main triumvirate of the Light Elves are the High Elves, who live in the great city of Elyon and the lands abound it. Uh, There are the Wood Elves, who live hidden in the wide green expanse of the Borderlands. Uh, And there are the Sea Elves, who live along the waters of uh, Elyon and the Borderlands. However, due to a love story between a Sea Elf and a Wood Elf, two heroes whose romance inspired others. The Swamp Elves are also a subculture of elves that exists. And uh, among the few Swamp Elf clans, uh, a descendant of that original couple, probably the closest direct descendant of the original love story of the two heroes, uh, is one of our protagonists. The other protagonist is one of the Dark Elves, the exiled group of elves 
that delved deep underground after the elves warred amongst each other during the Second Age. Banished into deep below caverns, they run a very tough society where only the strongest thrive and the most cunning. Um, my character is older than your character. So Yeah. What's the human analog of age that you got? Elves in our uh, setting have a very, very slow lifespan. So unlike regular D&D where they age like humans up to adulthood, um, it takes about 100 years to get to adulthood. So as I, as far as I know, that's about where Cypress is at. Yep. Just, just adult at the beginning of this adventure. Yeah. And Niltel is well into adulthood. Niltel's uh, about 100 to 150 years older than Cypress. Wait, that much? Ooh. Yeah, no. So he's a good, like, late 20s <laughs> to 30. Whereas Cypress is like 19 or 20. And so Niltel uh, was a drow that lived underground and had come up. I believe this is all, maybe not common knowledge, but this has all been said in the podcast. Niltel came up with a regimen on like a raiding mission and they got killed and captured, killed and or captured. And Niltel met his friend Rohan in a hole, which he affectionately refers to the hole. Yes. <laughs> Take them to the oubliette. So you were captured and thrown into a hole. And this Rohan. Yeah. Rohan was like a local criminal um, that was also thrown into the hole. And Niltel and Rohan escaped together. And Rohan basically helps Niltel get a job as a criminal at some point. We'll get there. <laughs> Um, and Niltel is basically, like, not gonna go home because I failed the fuck out of that mission, and I don't think they will like me so much if I go home, so I'm gonna do my best to make it up here. Rohan got me these cool sunglasses so that I can see during the day without being fucking blinded. Uh, I got some, like, gloves and a big cool cloak, and this swamp is very thick and hard to walk through. Where am I going? <laughs> Where am I going? What is this? <laughs> this ground is very squishy and unpleasant. So I think that's all of the Niltel stuff that's been discussed. Yeah. That and Niltel also, fucks. Niltel fucks. Niltel does fuck. Niltel <laughs> also isn't super trusting because of upbringing reasons. Yeah, well, um, because of the way that the society is run, it was also mentioned, I think early on in the podcast, that Niltel doesn't know his family, his direct family members. Because they're raised communally, um, and they are basically pit against each other as children. And so only the children that are smart enough or ruthless enough kind of get to move ahead in their lives. And so that's kind of where Cypress is at 24-7, is in that mindset of like, how can I turn whatever situation I am in to my advantage? Yeah. Um, also, you're a cleroog and priest of wolf. Oh, yes. The raiding mission, um, Niltel went as a cleric for, like, healing and guiding purposes. Evil guiding and evil healing. And obviously didn't do super hot there. And in the hole learned the rogue skills he needed to get out of the hole. The oubliette. The hole. The oubliette. Niltel calls it the hole. He does fell call into it the, the pit. Hole. It is called an oubliette. <laughs> it's called a hole, Sean. Grow up, Sean. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So there are basically, at this point in time, the, like, just met Cypress point in time, Niltel has one friend and that is Rohan. How I imagine I might describe it to Molly is, 
Imagine if you took the kids and you you had the teachers point out which ones were the bullies, and then some people with clippers as- assigned those people to get scholarships. Yeah, you gave the bullies like candy. It's like Lord of the Flies, but the people who do the most crimes do get to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and that's ba- that's Neltel's like basic deal in session zero slash one. Upon which Cyprus does encounter the Niltel, who is very haughty, and immediately falls into a cool pit trap laid by my friends the Kobolds, which... <laughs> auspicious start. But yes, Cyprus is a swamp elephant. A new, a ripe little flower of an adult, so like 18 or 19-ish, and was raised by his grandparents, Cress and Willow, who at the beginning of this campaign sort of are... A ring, part of the ring of unofficial leaders and elders of the town. Cyprus also has twin younger sisters who, if Sean hurts them, I will first die and then kill Sean. <laughs> and their names are Turtle and Gator, and they baby. Um, I believe we decided that analog to human terms, I believe they're like between eight and ten, Sean? Uh, they are 60 years old, which for elves is about. What we would consider analog to a human 12. A tween? A tween. <laughs> okay, yeah. They are twin tweens. Oh, shit. Twitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they act kind of young, but I'm assuming that's because they don't really have any... They didn't really have any kids in the village to socialize with, so they're just doing their own weird girl bullshit, which I love to see represented. <laughs> to be fair, there wasn't a school, so I don't blame uh, uh, Gator for not knowing how to read. Gator's severely dyslexic, and Turtle is shy. Anyways, but Cypress is f- fiercely family-oriented and protective and loyal, and is also just kind of a bit careless, just sort of showboats, does things just for the sake of doing them without the asking why. It's like that meme where it's like, why did you do this? It wasn't obvious. I just wanted to wrestle an alligator. There wasn't really a deeper meaning there. <laughs> right. Like that John Mulaney quote where he's talking about uh, when adults ask, why are you doing that? What they really mean is stop. <laughs> they don't want to know your thought process. <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts are inscrutable to even myself. And I have lovingly, preciously gifted this also to Cyprus. <laughs> If if you aren't projecting at least a little bit onto your Dungeons & Dragons character, what are you even doing? Is what I I'm mean, saying. for real. Anyways, but yeah. So, Cypress is a barbarian. He's very strong and also very pretty. He's a pretty, big, strong boy. And very pretty and also strong and buff. <laughs> and big Cypress and pretty. contains multitudes. And plays fiddle very well and is very proud of himself for being able to play fiddle very well. And at the beginning of the campaign, is just sort of vibing in the swamp. <laughs> And that's all, because I'm very bad at playing characters with tragic backstories. I mean, even though you kind of have one. I kind of have one. Who knows where my parents are? I sort of wrapped up the concept of parents with a sweet little bow and gave it to Sean and said, here, fuck around with this. And I said no. And and so we still have no answers, by the way, about what the fuck... A hundred episodes in, I I I have a player with mysteriously missing parents... And there have been no answers to that. Actually, both of you have. <laughs> well, I have purposefully parents. missing parents, That's not true. mysteriously missing parents. Yeah, I mean, we all just sort of know that they aren't there, and it's not a big deal so far. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's Willow fine. and Cress are doing a good job. Yeah, they're fine. We're all doing good. 
it's sort of foggy, the timeline of having younger sisters. But oh well. It'll come up one of these days, I'm sure. I mean, if they're 60 now and you're 100, then you were still basically a baby when they were born. Fair enough. Well, yeah. I would have been, like, young. Anyways, what I'm saying is, it's probably fine. It turns out Niltel was my dad the whole time. What? what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I hit adulthood before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just a very weird, um, misguided attempt at being a father. <laughs> no, we, we know your, we know who your parents are. We know their names. Do we? Do we? We do. I don't remember this. This is, this is news to me. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm not a descendant of the original love story, am I? <clears throat> but those aren't your parents. If, even if you are a descendant, those are fucking... Yeah. Uh, in particular, um, Willow is, uh, yeah, Willow is like a, the direct descendant of them. Is that why Ooh. she's like the elder, capital T, capital E? Capital T, capital E. Holy shit. See, we're bringing you behind the scenes here, listeners, to shit we don't even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, basically, uh, the sea elven hero named Sovelis, the quester, uh, attempted to cure the grief of uh, Erava, uh, who was sort of a, a, a... She was the wood elf. She had the moon sword. And basically, he went on a quest that like cured her like grief. Uh, because she was also a hero, and then they sort of fell in love. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, didn't the Moon Sword also, like, before you, it belonged to your aunt or something? I believe it was my great aunt. It was sort. We sort of just tossed around aunts willy-nilly in the beginning, so I think I have an aunt who was eaten by Miss Morgan and an aunt who, well, wielded the Moon Sword, and I think they're different people. Are they the different people or the same people? I think they're different people. Right, John? They're different people. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, that's not relevant yet. No, that's super not relevant. But um, yeah, Ephraim and Lucan, which were their two sons, were the first two swamp elves. And then uh, several generations later, Willow was the heir of Ephraim. And she married Cress, who was a mage uh, in the village. Uh, they had a daughter named Panra, who married a bard named Huan. This is too much. This is a lot of names. Can I get this in writing later? What are the names of my parents? Uh, the name of my dad. Willow Give and me Cress now the name of my dad, please. <laughs> Willow and Cress. The name of your dad on three. Panra. Who is your mom, who married a bard named Huan. Panra and Huan. Those are my parents. And Huan convinced Willow that uh, another family line should inherit the moon sword because neither him nor Panra were interested in that. <laughs> I want this fucking sword. Get it out of my face. Get this, get this heroic shit out of here. I just want to do bard and fuck. <laughs> I just want to have adorable children. So then the line was kind of broken and dormant, and then when it was stolen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Which sort of leads us into the plot recap. Hell yeah. I don't think we missed anything with Cyprus. I don't believe so. I mean, now I know my parents' names. No, we actually got way more than we bargained for. <laughs> we love to see it. Plot machine, go. Okay, okay. So, it happened to be that Cypress and Niltel just happened to cross paths in the swamp at the same time uh, that a darkling from the world of the gloaming uh, happened to have stolen the moon sword, which was the more important relic, um, but also uh, a special candle that was also a ritual implement from the sea elf line. Yes. 
And also worth noting, um, drow are universally distrusted for raid-related reasons on the surface. So you can assume that most everybody in this story is going to be low-key, if not high-key, racist to Nilto. (laughs) Yeah, they're not fans. But yeah, so I encountered a drow and was like, whatever, you seem chill. You fell into a pit and that was funny, so come home with me. (laughs) And my my grandparents were like, now you fucked up. Yeah, well, things had gotten messy around that time uh, with the kobolds, um, and you guys, having having Niltel show up right at this time, uh, and Cyprus needing to sort of redeem himself, sent sort of a message to them. How the elders interpreted their visions meant that they should send you two off to go recover the relics. Yeah, by the way, Cyprus is, the, re- the redemption wanted from Cyprus is to stop fucking around and being a baby idiot and starting fights. <laughs> that's what cypress has been doing that warrants redemption well starting uh i guess more noble fights yeah so we we are sent to recover these relics uh is that when we like go ask your kobold friends what's up yeah cypress has kobold's friend kobold friends oh just a handful of them the rest do hate us <laughs> do attack us on site do attack us on site but the relics that we have been tasked to retrieve by willow are in Cobalt territory. Mm-hmm. You guys followed a trail, and a fissure had opened up in the ground, reopening a mine, uh, and it was full of uh, relics of an older Cobalt civilization. Uh, you guys kicked through your boots, uh, connecting with uh, ancient coins from the First Age, and uh, down in that dark cave, uh, you guys found... The Relic Thief. Yes. And the portal had already been opened at that point? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A black inky pool had opened in the wall. A portal that led to a black and white horror dimension, from which Cypress received a big, bad, nasty chomp from a leech chicken. From a fucking chicken. (laughs) Yeah. And when I made the decision to go into it, Sean said, well, it's your neck. (laughs) So, like... (laughs) Apparently, Sean thought we wouldn't go through the portal, and it's like, but you opened a portal, right? <laughs> you did open a portal. Um, so we killed the thief, Cypress got chompled, and then I cut the candle in half because for some reason I had it in my head that that would close the portal. Yeah. And it didn't. We fucked around in front of the closed portal for about 20 minutes before Sean very kindly told us that it was closed and we didn't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> Sean was just like, please leave. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you, you guys recovered the relics, which is what you were sent to do. That was the objective of your quest and you did it. We recovered the relics. There was some arcane writing on the wall that we tried to get solved for a while. Sean, is it important writing or is it just going to fall away into the background? That's the one I gave. That's the writing that I gave to... Um, Atra? Atra. Yeah. Did we get a meaning on that? If you have a meaning, please summarize it for us. Yeah. So it didn't directly translate well, but it sounded similar to a message that Niltel happened to hear be whispered out of the portal, which began with when the shadows crawl. Mm, that message. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was, okay. Do you want to go ahead and say the whole message? Please. Uh, it, it seemed like fragments of an unfinished prophecy that when the shadows crawl and the dead walk again and the empire reigns and the stars leave the sky and the past becomes present, something you don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. And will this be relevant for future stuff? Should we put a pin in it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so far, uh, you know, like 90 episodes after that happened, we still don't really know what's going on with that. Nope. Yeah, so we'll put a pin in that. I don't think any of its tenants have been fulfilled yet. Well, Lost Empire, that could be the Kobolds in the next part of the recap. But anyways, so we recover it. We're triumphant. Um, we go back to the swamp. Niltel is tolerated and is bonded with the family and also the twins who think he's very interesting and weird. Yeah, that was when Cypress decided that he would restore the sword because it seemed like the runes on the sword disappearing uh, seemed to speak badly of your family line's standing amid the community and uh, more or less seemed to imply that the way that the elders were mostly moving already, which was letting Velia take more and more authority over the settlement was going to continue. And Cyprus didn't like that. So he set out to restore the sword. Yep. Restore the sword. Um, it requires acts of heroism, which involved a lot of, a lot of drow killing, which Cyprus is uncomfortable with given his new buddy, Niltel. You have not <laughs> killed a single drow. I have not killed a single drow. No, but I it have, does like I've, drow I've, blood. I've, 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 I've met a single drow, just the one. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I've not killed, so I have a 100% success rate on not killing drow. I can't remember what happened, but, like, from the very first meeting with Velia, we were like, ooh, fuck that guy. Oh, it's because he's mean to my grandparents. And was trying to was take them out Was he even mean to them? He was never been mean to Willow and Grass. He was trying to take them out of power as village elders. I mean, right? you knew that the Elder Circle was, like, moving to, like, let him take command of things, but nope, he never conspired or anything or ever spoke he has never spoken at least publicly out against your grandparents ever at all well to cypress's mind and also molly's i guess um he's just an asshole and we don't like him but listen not much logic is needed there there is there is a concept among like DD players and dms which is whoever your least uh figured out npc is is going to be the new the character's new best friend What's that meme? Oh, there's a goblin in the corner. What's his name? Uh, I don't Sam know. Sam Smorkle. Smorkle. I want to be Smorkle's best friend. I love Smorkle and would die for Smorkle. There is a similar but opposite dynamic in most campaigns I have played in, which is this random character that has really done nothing against me, I will choose to hate for no reason and do everything in my power to take them down. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the nastiest, closest to evil thing Velia has ever done uh, is that he has repeatedly told Cyprus not to like bring in like non non elves uh, into like the village past the wards, uh, and he turned away an injured lizard folk who you sent to the village that he mm. didn't really oh, yeah. want that. That guy. I remember now. Cyprus Cyprus thinks Velia is unempathetic and passive aggressive and a dick, and is showboating and pretending to be more important than he is. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, anyway. Yeah. You have reason enough. But yeah, so we wrap up the first arc of this adventure. We have recovered the relics. Cypress has a moon sword now and has accepted a heroic quest. And Niltel is also here. And then we go to Hebrook. Yeah, so Hebrook was our first downtime. That one only took a single episode. That remember was the when? only one. Hey guys, remember when it would only take one episode? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think back then we had like seven days to spend and we were like, cool, I do one thing. Yeah. Yep. 
But I think the important plot part of this downtime is Niltel beef and a robbery so bad. Ooh. Yeah. Real bad. You just fucked it. Screwed the pooch on that one, bud. Huh? Yeah, and they were like, okay, you have to fix this. Go do this thing for me. And I was like, ugh, I guess. Yeah. Which I believe is how you were initially put into contact with Gilos. I think Rohan sent me there specifically to... Rohan told you to go to Hebrick, which is why you guys ended up going there after the first arc. Gilas blackmailed you after you fucked up the robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, you were working with uh, a dwarf and an elf on a, on a robbery, uh, only to fuck up and get spotted by Gilas. But, but at the end of this arc, it turns out that things were not what they seemed. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what gets us the next section, which is we're going to go track down Miss Morgan and... Niltel's got his reason, which is blackmail, and Cypress also has a reason. Which is, my aunt disappeared after showing interest in the hag witches of the swamp, and sort of vanishing. The specific request of Gilas was for Niltel to go seek Miss Morgan in order to divine the location of something called the Temple of the Dragon Fiend, and no other real explanation was given. (laughs) We know now, with retrospective context... That the Temple of the Dragon Fiend is something that was sort of a rumored treasure spot full of the treasure hordes of multiple dragons from the First Age. uh, And that the kobolds of the swamp, after reconnecting with some of the the past kobold civilization, uh, found out about that place and began showing interest in it. And that they wanted to go there. Yeah, because the kobolds in the swamp at time of beginning of campaign were just sort of not having an economy and doing whatever it was they were doing. Then they found this place where they were like, we were part of an economy and a society and we had cool ancient gods. And now they're like, okay, actually, I do want to do this. Actually, that sounds dope as fuck, bro. Let's go. But yeah, what we learn later is that I was sent on this quest because it's kind of a rumored place and they need to know if and what the specific location is. So that they can move the kobolds in and take the treasure out. <laughs> yes. Um, so basically, this was an induction quest for Niltel to join a secret mafia, basically. Uh, let's get there after we do the quest. Okay. But anyways, so we go into the swamp and we find Miss Morgan, who resides in a an extra planar fey dimension inside of a... Fairy Ring of Mushrooms, which is always bad luck to break, but we did break it and get in there and find Miss Morgan, who was scary and manic. We met, uh, like, a ghost rider also on the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Is that guy relevant, Sean? As you guys crossed the plains in the in-between space, you guys happened to happen across someone who was looking for escapees of some kind. Are they important, that person? I will put a pin in that rider. Okay, so there was a rider, he was a skeleton, he was on a horse. I just, yeah, I just remember it specifically, we met a skeleton on a horse, and it seemed like something, but he hasn't come back yet. Yeah, a skeleton on a skeleton horse. Oh, right. But anyways, so we seek Miss Morgan's help, and in order to do this ritual, we need to acquire some components for her. Which is our baby's first fetch quest. Well, second, I suppose. So we acquire the components. We successfully acquire the components. What were the components? Uh, so the cow is white as milk. The cape is red as blood. The hair is yellow as corn. No, none the of those things. Pure as gold. <laughs> uh, you guys got rot grubs, blight pus, and zombie powder. 
in order to... Uh, and that was not everything that was in the potion, but that was just the stuff you guys got. But I just mostly wanted to say, because we mentioned the injured lizard folk, we found them and, like, one of their dead friends with the rock grubs. Yes. Uh, like, burrowing into their skin, and then we were like, hey, go get help at this town. Yeah, basically Cypress pinned a little note to them and said, Hi, I'm a hurt lizard folk. Please take care of me and sent him off towards home and Velia was an asshole about it. You gave him a note that said, I do what I want. That This is your permit. But yeah, um, also the lizard folk made mention of a conflict back home and it was also established that lizard folk become demons or demonic when faced with times of intense stress or conflict. Sean, is this an important thing we should put a pin in or just world building? I would put a point, I would put a pin in the fact that Ginvar the lizard folk told you um, that things were bad over in his corner of the swamp. Okay. I see. But yes, so the ritual is successfully carried out and it was very rough. We basically drank poison for this ritual to have worked. Um, Cypress discovers that his aunt was killed by Miss Morgan for, I think, successfully manipulating Miss Morgan into doing something, although that was not clear and not specified. It, it was unclear, but Miss Morgan insisted that in the vision that your aunt tricked her and your aunt uh, was distracted by the fact that she was stunned by the fact that she had successfully seen the future. I see. But Niltel gets the location of the temple, and also we got a whole bunch of other stuff. Take it away, Sean. Well, there was a lot of spooky uh, visions. One of Niltel's featured being uh, back deep in the Underdark and being cornered by multiple driders, which are half-spider, half-drow chimeras that are not loved. They're very dangerous, <laughs> especially wild ones. And... Uh, another vision that I think I think you might have shared uh, is one of an eclipse. I think mm-hmm. it was I think it was a starless sky. Also, and the, yeah, the sky, all the like stars winked out. And I think you could see me, but I couldn't see you. I do not re- recall. I do I'm, not recall either. That sounds uh, right other, to me. Uh, the other vision that Niltel saw is that Niltel saw Rohan. Uh, speaking to another drow. They looked like an upper-class lady. Yeah, and that's the one that, like, Niltel can't really get out of his mind, is that, like, Rohan might have known other drow, so... Niltel's like, was I not special to you, the only drow? (laughs) Well, it's mostly just that, like, Rohan, I think, has explicitly said that only he only really knows Niltel as far as drow goes, and it would be interesting for Niltel to know if there was another surface drow to know them, and talk to them. So he has asked Rohan multiple times, and Rohan multiple times has said no, that that's not true. But he's still unsure. Yeah. At the very least, Rohan has sort of stonewalled the question so far. Yeah. And then, obviously, the location of the temple, which he brings back to Gilas. He just, like, grabs a map, throws down a pen mark, and is like, it's here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, after this ritual, Miss Morgan becomes severely depressed or injured somehow. It seems very depressive to the energy before being manic. And we do just bail. (laughs) Yep. Uh, She's a witch, uh, and she just sort of gestures broadly at there being sort of like hags that are much more powerful that she follows. And... Wait, was it said that she was a hag child or that she was a hag? It was ambiguous. Okay. Um, we didn't think she was a hag because of the way her magic worked, as far as I know. I believe that was true. But I don't know if that was canon. I think that's just what we thought. 
Also, she makes reference to serving other bigger things, like maybe gods. This is conjecture. Conjecture on my part. Mysterious. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Stick a, we're, we're, we're getting the red thread all across this corkboard. Yeah. So, Niltel is inducted into the house. Uh, he sees many criminals. Uh, he sees including Rohan, Gilas, and the elfin dwarf that he went on the robbery with. Even technically Bertram is in on the house, although he is... Oh, we didn't talk about Bertram. You just... Uh, the only important thing about Bertram is that um, we saw Bertram spying on us, and we chased him down, and uh, Cypress broke down a fucking door. Like yeah, Jack Nicholson. Funny. Here's Cypress. Also, the house <laughs> is a criminal organization, in case that wasn't clear. Yes, the house, capital T, capital H. Hell yeah. So, you guys get downtime that is twice as long, and you guys end up doing fights, because we were still doing XP, to help you guys level up uh, at the end of that arc. And I meet the wizards, too. Oh yes, including Yenmai. Uh, Yenmai, who is from Arkanel to the south, she is a magi, that is what her her culture is considered. Uh, and also, uh, characters such as Aaron and Alan, who are uh, local wizard school dropouts. Mm-hmm. And so, during this downtime, Cypress goes to a fallen wizard tower, which he was told by his family was a place where the last wielder of the sword had obtained a victory, like a heroic victory. So Cypress goes to this location and sees that it's the ruins of a wizard tower and there doesn't seem to be much there, but is then attacked by a shadow creature and nearly dies. Yep. And during this fight, um, is able to break through spiritually to his ancestors who form around him when he rages. They're his ancestral guardians and he's able to speak with them a bit. But also during this fight, after the... Shadow monster is very narrowly, ooh, so narrowly vanquished. I pick up the sword that it hit me with, which nearly killed me outright. And I was like, this is a very good sword. I wonder if Niltil could use it. And its blade is black, and it does necrotic damage, this blade. And I take it with me like, Niltil will like this. It's it's very nice. I used it many times to roll 4d6 with sneak attack. Yeah, good times. <laughs> yes, it was a very, um, it was a sword that we know now uh, was a hex blade, a blade used by uh, dark creatures from the world of the gloaming who have slipped into the swamp. Uh, like the one that you guys killed in the first arc, an assassin came after Cyprus in the second. Oh, also something that I don't think we covered. Um, the swamp is sort of a bit of a liminal space in itself, it balances between the Fey and Stark dimensions, and sort of weird things happen if it tips too far in either way. Yeah. And in this downtime, Yanmai goes to Niltel and is like, you are very interesting, and Niltel's like, wow, no one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> <laughs> and she means, and she goes, I meant in a purely academic standpoint. And he's like, yeah, no, totally, cool. Absolutely. He's like, too late, I'm already infatuated with you. <laughs> I already love you. Um, yeah, but after Yenmai and Niltel uh, meet, they have uh, more time to hang out as uh, herself, along with Aaron and Alan, and you guys are sent on a mission uh, by the house escorting the Kobold Caravan to the Temple of the Dragon Fiend, which is going to be a long caravan journey. And made uh, longer by having a, a stopover in Waymore. Yes. Also, Niltel knows the deal. Niltel knows that this is contracted by a criminal organization. Cypress is here because he likes Niltel and we're friends. 
Cypress does yes. not know that Niltel works for a criminal organization, as far as I'm aware. I'm pretty sure Niltel basically was just like, hey, your friends the kobolds need uh, help moving, and you were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, specifically, all of Cypress's kobold friends are going along on this trip, uh, led by Embersnarl, who has an almost religious fervor and lots of secrets uh, as he leads these kobolds to the temple. Also, Embersnarl is the leader of the kobolds. That's yes. what I said. So we stop over in Waymore, and Waymore's a town where... I don't remember if the town itself is cursed or if cursed people just move here. It was the town itself, yes? I, I think we eventually found out it was a dragon curse. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, because of the the bone crater. <laughs> the bone crater. Again, which is where I live. <laughs> uh, you guys more or less eventually find out that uh, after the fall of the Temple of the Dragon Fiend, several dragons uh, relocated up north. Vrondis spent some time here near Waymore. Vrondis, a a very powerful ancient black dragon. Yes. Yeah, Vrondis, a very powerful ancient black dragon, spent some time here with a blue dragon. But uh, the place, however, fell. uh, And when it fell, the dragon cultists cursed the humans and the land so that the land itself is sparse and difficult to grow food in, uh, and that the humans uh, who live around Waymore are uh, often cursed and disfigured. However, the hobgoblins are fine. Uh, Vrondis left uh, and kept moving on uh, to the swamp, uh, where he was eventually defeated, but the blue dragon's bones litter the remnants around Waymore. Yes. Also, on route to Waymore, there was a small side quest wherein Cypress received a magical legendary instrument, the Doss Lute of the Bards, from a unicorn, yes. which I'm not making up. Yes, we... um. Unfortunately, it was a few episodes before we talked about Cyprus's virginity status. Yeah, Cyprus has not or ever fucked. But just so that everybody is clear on the fact, it is not because Cyprus is a virgin that he was able to hear the unicorn song. Well, it's because we only decided that he was a virgin after that, so... <laughs> yeah. And it was not a factor. There's not a lot of people in the home settlement for which Cyprus to have potentially <laughs> fucked. Not a lot of people you aren't related to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That's the true reason for the quest, to find the fuck. That's not the reason for the quest. So, uh, yeah, you get a cool loot from a unicorn. And we head into Waymore, and the hobgoblins are chill. It's mostly their town. The humans are all cursed and fucked up. And then the kobolds go missing. Yeah, we basically wake up one day, and all the kobolds are gone except for, like, a handful of them. And we're like, hey, where did everyone go? And they're like, we don't know. And we're like, oh god, they're missing. Oh no, where have they gone? They're in trouble. Oh fuck, they're dead. Yeah. The kobolds split into three groups. One group uh, went out uh, into an area that they thought was unoccupied uh, ruins, uh, and they set up a little place for them to hide the dragon egg that they had excavated from the swamp. Another group went with Yenmai, and they sailed out from Waymore to sea to go speak to a hag, Granny Salchin, in order to get a special elixir that would bring the egg back to life and potency. So that would take it out of its hibernation. Putting a short-term to-be-resolved pin in Granny Salchin and Yenmai interaction. Yes. Meanwhile, Embersnarl and a group of hunters uh, went out to go prove themselves violently against gnolls. So we don't know any of that. So we're like, I guess we're going to go in a random direction and see if we can find some fucking kobolds. Yeah. Also, if the the, the, the egg was laid in the swamp after Vrondis had temporarily settled there, does that mean Vrondis was a girl? Or can dragons just carry eggs regardless? Big shrugs. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Put a pin in it. So we 
We get separated because you follow a goat or something. Yeah, there's a goat and Cyprus I have lovingly imbued with my own ADHD tendencies and was like, that goat looks cool. I'm going to go help that goat. And then there's a whole sequence of him midwifing a a goat couple and naming all the goats. You did assist in like many goated birth while Nilto was getting fucking kidnapped. Yeah. Niltel happens to be kidnapped by the same people who kidnapped the kobolds that buried the dragon egg. Uh, those kobolds are the only ones who really know where it is, and uh, Niltel is the only one there to save them. Um, but you do end up going down, like, the other end of the cave? Yes. Basically what happens is Cyprus finishes helping a goat give birth and was like, oh no. And in the interval after which we had separated, you interacted briefly with the dog who then came by to maybe try and chomp some baby goats, but who Cyprus lovingly inducted into the party because it's a dog. And it's our dog now. Yes. And I was like, oh, wait, Niltel's gone. Hey, Lassie, Lassie, where's Niltel? Oh, no, Niltel's in the well. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. So we we eventually make our way through the caves towards each other the whole time. Obviously, these caves are being run by some sort of, like, society that's not a part of this town, and we get whiff of a plot to overthrow the current town master, the current lord. Lord Bulbron. Uh, and that they are keeping his daughter in a tower, so we go to save her. Yes. Which um, you guys narrowly succeed at. It was it was harrowing. Uh, There's wind on the tower that threatened to blow everyone off. Yeah. It, it, we had one kobold death, I believe. One couple died and one went missing. Yeah, one went missing. And then Greylash went missing before we could even get to him, so we think he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Hackney did die, but I saved her life with the power of uh, Love. God. Which made her somewhat enamored with you. Yeah, she put the Big Max on Niltel, like made out with him graphically right after she woke up. <laughs> yeah, we just had made a baby right there. Oh no, Don't not like God. that. But yeah. <laughs> no, she uh, she gave uh, Niltel a big wet smoocherino on the lips, and he was not a fan of that. Yeah. Also, a point during our treks in this dungeon dragon cult complex, Cypress encountered a couple of dwarves and befriended them. Yeah, they just kind of showed up out of nowhere. After we'd already killed fucking everything? Yes. Which, again, putting a temporary-to-be-semi-resolved pin in the dwarves for now. Uh, yes, I'm going to pin that under the same pin as the fact that you guys find out that the person that this cult was secretly collaborating with is some mysterious person who goes by the name Virian Grimm and is apparently some kind of prodigious slaver. Which is how you can tell he's the bad guy. The party doesn't know it, uh, but those dwarves uh, carted off the young noble who had... Um, oh yeah, we tied up a dude and left him in the fucking cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Varian Grimm's son, who we beat the shit out of and tied to a table, and um, the kobolds did draw dragon dicks on its on his face, but we didn't know what they were. Not Varian Grimm's son. Not his son? I thought he was. It was a guy he was writing to. Yeah, the guy that was writing to Varian Grimm that was like- Oh, hey. it was the advisor. It was the advisor to the Lord's son. Yeah, and he was writing to Virian Grimm. He, along with Greylash, both got picked up and carted away to the north by the dwarves, a fact that the party doesn't know. We do not know that. We just saw that uh, between scenes. So put all of that together under the same pin, okay? Also, Redshirt is the one who disappeared, who we think is dead, but Redshirt is alive, or is he? Didn't we find Redshirt later, or no? No, we didn't. Redshirt is with the dwarves and Greylash and the sun. No, I don't think so. Yes, yes, he is. I'm pretty sure we went back and got Redshirt. 
No, we didn't. Which is why Red Shirt is dead. Red Shirt isn't dead is a great merch shirt that we have. (laughs) Anyway. Not sure. Okay, you can check, but I'm almost certain. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Red Shirt's not an important character. Yes, he is. (laughs) He's important to me. So that rolls us into our third downtime of season one. Yes. Well, hold on. There's one more important event that we have to capture before, before the downtime begins. Yes, one very, very important event. Sean, take it away. Do it, Sean. Oh, yes. So, each of the three um, branches of the Cobalt Plan being successful, one of them, thankfully, being salvaged by Cypress and Niltel, all groups were able to congregate together again, uh, and Ember Snarl having riled up the Cobalts and seemingly proved to them that they were worthy, enacted the ritual to revive the egg, and it very quickly hatched uh, into a new Verandas. A baby! A baby! Baby black dragon! Very small. Mm-hmm. What what size would you say baby is, Sean? I don't know, like dog-sized. Dog! No, like mastiff-sized. About the same size as our dog. It was a little smaller than uh, Percy, which is what we end up naming our dog, like, at the end of downtime. And Percy is a very big, like, person-sized dog. Yes. Yeah, a little smaller than Percy as soon as they hatched and quickly grew to being bigger quickly grew to being bigger than Percy. Yes. Also, um, kobolds see dragons as leaders. They're the inherent leaders of kobolds. The more dragon-like you are, the more powerful and right to rule you have. So Ember Snarl proclaims that baby Vrondis will one day lead them. Yes. So that rolls us into downtime. We kind of like chillax at way more while Vrondis is getting bigger uh, and they're preparing kind of a caravan for him to travel in safely since he drools acid and cannot control it currently because he is baby. Um, so they need to figure out a way to cart him across the way without him ruining everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember a lot of what happens in the third downtime. You go on than... a date! Yeah, Niltel goes on his first date with Yenmai. It's very Well, cute. she asks him and he accepts graciously and takes her to the Hobgoblin Library because they just... They both bond over books. They both love boring-ass books. Fucking nerds. Nerds. Very cute. The most boringest books you can find. They're like, fuck yeah. Um, yeah, but the main reason that they waited to keep moving was because Vrondis was a newborn and he needed to build up his strength. Yes, during this downtime, Niltel is also given underlings that he prom- promptly fucks off and away from. And yep. also, Cypress makes a breakthrough on, on being able to communicate with the sword and can now get vibes from it. I do not remember exactly how that happened. Sean, is there any important information that we need to hold in our hearts going forward regarding the sword? You went out into nature and you meditated and fucked on the beauty of nature, and that seemed to jive well with the sword. The sword was into that. Yeah. Moon swords appears to like the moon and the faces thereof. The sword will give you opinions sometimes. Yeah, sometimes the sword is like, I don't know, chief. (laughs) I don't know about that one, chief. It seems to be very interested in morality. Yes. Oh, also, by the way, this sword comes with a neat fun feature that if it drows, if it draws drow blood, then it glows. So it is an anti-drow nuke, which isn't great <laughs> because my very good friend Niltel is, in fact, a drow. Yeah, and it it's either this t- downtime or the last downtime where Niltel and Cypress, I think it's the downtime in Habrook, downtime number two, where they both just get like really drunk and have a heart to heart. So they are friendship. Yeah. Yes. In the next adventure, uh, you guys have to make uh, another big, long travel journey. And this time, instead of going on a unicorn side quest, you guys went on an orc side quest. Uh, Because after you guys unfortunately got 
dropped by some orc raiders. You guys got saved by Gale and his band of uh, wood elf rangers. Oh, Sean, and ooh, just real quick. What was the difficulty on that encounter you planned with the orcs for us? Deadly. Deadly. (laughs) Yes. You guys go along with them uh, and bond a little bit. Uh, Niltel needs to continue justifying his existence. Actually, what's very, very important is before we got dropped by the orcs, um, Yenmai confides in Niltel that to get the serum, basically, the acid that they needed to hatch baby Vrontis, she made a deal with Granny Saltchin, the very powerful hag, and Granny wants, basically, she's watching Yenmai because she wants to make her a hag like her. Um, and Niltel, convincingly, I don't think we have footage of this because that's the last episode. Yeah. That's the one that Sean threw into the sun. But Niltel, like, rolls to persuade her very well, and he tells her that he is going to protect her, and she shouldn't worry about anything, and then he dies. Yeah. He doesn't die. You guys never died. We never died. You guys have never died. You guys have been knocked unconscious. You guys have been beaten around. And Some bad things have happened to you, but you guys have never died. And while that happens, Cypress is, like, uh, galloping in the background on a giant crab. Yeah, there's a bunch of giant sea and aquatic creatures, which is what clues you in my end to us being followed. So I, like, run and slap a big frog. I don't slap it. I just touch it and run away. And later... <laughs> you ding-dong ditch the frog. Yeah. I later suplex a crab and ride it. And it was great. And then Sean said, fuck this episode and threw it into the sun. It's a very important <laughs> episode to have gotten thrown into the sun. I think it's been referenced at more out of any other episode that we've done. It was very important. Yeah, I didn't throw it into the sun. Someone else threw it into the sun. My computer threw it into the sun. I don't know. Audacity threw it into the sun, to be mm-hmm. honest. Who could say who threw it into the sun, really? Maybe the person who threw it into the sun was inside of us all along. Was the episode all along. Yeah. <laughs> but Cypress and Niltel go after uh, a dangerous orc warrior named Ulfka to try and calm down the bloodlust of the orcs uh, down here. Cypress impersonates an orc... It successfully is like, it's me, your favorite boyfriend, Grognar. <laughs> it's me, your lover. And I think critted that role and was believed. Right, and she opened the door like without putting her armor on or anything, so it actually went off pretty well. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, but you guys managed to convince them that Niltel is allowed to exist and that they should trust Cypress. <laughs> yep, funnily enough. So doing that side quest helped us move through the mountain pass faster. Because we got rid of the orcs that were in our way, basically. And we get to the temple. Finally. Yay. We find evidence of manticores. So we're like, we should not be out here past dark. Yes. So the caravan more or less quickly moves to uncover the lost temple. It is lost because it has been covered by an avalanche for many years now. So having successfully unburied it. Uh, Niltel and Cypress head inside. And Cypress, Cypress sang uh, uh, an inspirational tune on moving rocks. Oh, yes, I did. I sang a Raise This Barn from the My Little Pony series inspired <laughs> Clear These Rocks cover. I'm basically Weird Al Yankovic. Yes, absolutely. If you think about it real hard. And then don't think about it. Niltel and Cypress go ahead of the caravan into the underground Minotaur city of Totula. Uh, which in the center uh, is the Temple of the Dragon Fiend, a.k.a. in Draconic Kavar Abishai. Once inside, they find that they are not alone because they come across some drow ghouls who came up from the Underdark and have occupied the temple. Sean, what's a ghoul? A ghoul uh, is a cannibal undead 
usually somebody who had to resort to cannibalism in life before they died. Also usually an elf. Almost always an elf. They And they were... It's the only drow I've met above ground and they fucking sucked. Yeah. Only Nilsa was able to communicate with them through Undercommon. Cypress was also there. Yes. Unfortunately, these lowborn drow did not trust Niltella highborn drow. And also, they were compelled by uh, their unfortunate ghoulish compulsions and did not care much for any of Niltel's non-drow friends. So things didn't go well for them. Yes. Uh, ghouls have to eat sentient, intelligent creatures to live. Or else they'll they'll lose their own intelligence, basically. Yes. And so we end up in kind of a fucked up deal where we're like, okay, well, we'll help you find these semi-intelligent things to eat, and in return you'll tell us where we need to go, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the kobolds come on in, not wanting to stay outside and be manticore food, and everybody gathers around the Temple of the Dragon Fiend and investigating it further, having come to a temporary peace with the ghouls. Uh, you guys uncover some of the mysteries of Tultula about how the place had been destroyed, savaged uh, in sort of a war, uh, a pseudo-religious war led by a minority of minotaurs that were able to compel uh, various uh, considered degenerate cave folk like troglodytes and grimlocks in order to fight on their side, and that the completely sealed treasure door, uh, which held all of the golden goodies that you guys were after, needed to be opened by a true minotaur, of which none are alive anymore. Yep, they went extinct because of the aforementioned war fight. So we went on baby's third fetch quest. <laughs> yep. No longer fetch quest babies. Yep. We are fetch quest toddlers. We um we gathered the artifacts, which were um, Ember Star already had one of the artifacts, which was a book. We got a mask, a dagger, and a bell. Yes. On one of these quests, um, I don't think we need to go into individual detail on every one of them. But on one of these quests, we encountered an animated Minotaur skeleton who bears torches, and so his name is Torchbearer, and he's our best friend, and he does not listen to us. But he will only listen to us if we have a torch. He will come towards an unlit torch, and that's pretty much all we could get him to do, which was a little helpful. So in the final quest to get the bell... Later on, yeah. uh, Which I think is the important one. Mm -hmm. You guys travel through the sewers of the city down into the cistern of the mountain, uh, and traveling upon those rivers after Cyprus got cursed with mummy rot, uh, you guys come upon uh, the fortresses of the Darrow... I think it's worth mentioning that the mummy rot aforementioned made it so that Cypress could not heal and did end up nearly dying. I think it's also worth mentioning that at this point we were both rolling corruption die. Uh, yeah, so Nilto was looking whack and you were not able to heal. It was a bad time for everyone. You guys were being corrupted by artifacts and did not really understand. Yeah, the Darrow, they are gnome-like things. They're not quite gnomes. Nilto was hyped as hell to see them. Yeah, we just kind of, like, go through, and then we come back, and they're being, like, overrun by fish people, and we were like, we'll we'll, we'll get back to this later, anyway. But unfortunately, because Yenmai is possessed uh, by the ghost of Valdrog the Brute... He comes possessed. Yeah. Uh, as you guys are fucking around in tombs, you guys unfortunately retreat back into the fish in order to rest. You end up accidentally saving Darenthil, who you guys knew about and ignored earlier. We had heard about there being a sea elf in the slave pits and wanted to try and recoup some energy first and did not work because Cyprus is, again, cursed by a mummy. Yep. 
and came back for him. And it turns out that he was affiliated with my village in the swamp and also had a delivery for me from my younger sisters who wrote a very good and cool letter that had many pictures of frogs in it. Yeah, about their, like, little adventures, which aren't relevant to the main campaign, but were very fun to record. They were relevant to the main campaign, if you think about it. A little bit. It was in D6 downtime. Listen to it if you want to know. Yeah. Uh, It turns out that the forts that the Darrow had moved into, and the tombs under them, and the secret monastery under the tombs... Uh, was all part of uh, what Valdrog the Brute was part of, which was the Cult of Baphomet, uh, which rose up against the dragon-worshipping city of Totula uh, and led to the extinction of the Minotaurs. Valdrog the Brute was a huge Minotaur who, like, ruled this area. We found some, like, cool murals. Yes. Okay, so we do... They have some more, like, quests for us to gain the final bell... And we do all of those quests as carefully as fucking possible, because Cypress had two goddamn hit points the whole time. Cypress had two hit points the whole time. Valdrak the Brute was like, if you want to gain an audience with Baphomet, which we didn't know we wanted, you have to complete these three trials. In which the fact that Torchbearer would go towards an unlit torch and is a size class larger than the rest of us came in handy, which means we could ride him like a very stupid and dumb mount. <laughs> it's very good and helpful. Uh, so we did all those quests. Oh, Niltel cast Warding Bond on you to give you AC because there was nothing else we could really do at that point. It was a very tender friendship moment because it was a spell that would hurt Niltel if... If you got hurt. And it's important to note this very tender friendship moment because we did meet Baphomet and Niltel did tell Baphomet that he would worship him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we did find out sacred relics of the Minotaurs of Totula had all been taken and in one way or another been appended or corrupted by the cult of Baphomet. And that, plus the hex blade that Niltel was carrying around, was the source of all of the corruption points and calamity dice that were being thrown around oh. and causing adverse and evil effects to the two of you. Cypress ended up growing like a foot of hair out of nowhere. Niltel was pale and covered in ash and also had a fun other side effect, which would be discovered after this. But basically, we ended up in a big chamber with a giant minotaur statue that became possessed by Baphomet and also which housed the bell, which is the final relic that we needed to convince the door that we were a true minotaur. When, well, when Niltel told Baphomet he would worship him, he was lying. He got like a 30 or something on his deception ridiculous yeah and baphomet got like a 20 something on his insight it was wild but um i was gonna say he got his cool like uh skeleton controlling powers he could control the entire there's a whole army of undead minotaur skeletons which now will listen to nilto including torchbearer yeah so that made uh cypress and darren though very uncomfortable yes during the course of bargaining with baphomet to gain access to the bell two important things happened one baphomet's removed and ate the soul of Valdrog the Brute, who was possessing Yenmai, so that we were able to get Yenmai back. And two, um, cured the mummy curse that Cypress had been carrying for 20 episodes, leaving him at two hit points for so very long, and cured it. For who knows how fucking long. Yeah. And you were finally, like, good. And it was very nice to have, like, some sort of payoff. Fun fact, Baphomet did not really know or care about the bell or what you guys were going to use it for. You guys were just looking for the bell amid the secrets Baphomet. of the cult of Baphomet. <sighs> and Valdrog possessing Yenmai 
uh, became convinced that you guys were going to be inducted into the cult of Baphomet and put you guys through the trials. But once you guys were in there with Baphomet, Baphomet didn't give a shit about if you took the bell or not. Nah. That's nice. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. am I right? Am I right? So then we went back. We're like, cool, we've done everything. We're going to go home now. And we really thought this is just going to be like a quick, a quick boat ride home, basically. Yeah, it turns out that the whole time that you guys were being followed by Amphibious Life, um, if Darenthil can somehow get into uh, Tatula's uh, mountain cistern, then Granny Salchin can follow Yenmai in through that route as well. And uh, so she did with her army of fish mutants, the same ones that killed the Darrow. Yeah, and she is basically like, cool, Yenmai, it's time. Yes. Uh, Granny Sulchin basically blackmails our raggedy-ass, so-tired, very low-hit-point party because she wants to take on Yenmai as an apprentice for six years, six calendar years, and me and Neltel were like, this is bad, we need to find a way to fix this, and then couldn't really think of anything good. Yeah, basically, Niltel, we were, like, far away from the army, and Niltel was like, fuck, um, and had called them to come over, and our only, our, like, Hail Mary, basically, at that point was, stall. we need to give her something that she wants just for long enough for them to get here. And so what she wanted was a drow hand. Yes. One of the things she wanted, she listed a lot of things, including some things that you may or may not have had some ability to speak about or promise, and other things that were like, that's fucking impossible. Like the unicorn horn. Oh yeah, dragon stuff. We were like, absolutely not. We we did swear a blood oath to protect Vrondis the baby dragon. It was specifically to protect Von Vrondis and not to uphold Ember Snarl's aims. And also mentioned Unicorn Horn, which, again, would not want to betray Mattia, who was the unicorn that gave me the docile of the birds. Um, but anyways, Nilsa was like, I will give my hand. And Cypress is like, okay, cool, it sounds fine, thinking it was a grift. Nilsa was like, I will TM, give my TM hand TM <laughs> to you. Kind of like trying to draw it out as long as possible to <laughs> try to get the army up. And Granny Salchin, who was, like, really enjoying this, let you guys draw it out as long as possible because she was like, yes, I love to drink tears. And also, I'm compelling you through Fey duels to actually cut off your dominant hand. Yeah, so Cypress agrees to cut off the hand of Niltel for time to talk amongst themselves, basically. So we, bo- so we flounder yeah. for ten minutes, and then it's like, well, it's shopping time. And so Cypress takes off cinematically takes off Niltel's dominant hand with the moon sword, which glows and gains a rune as it bites into the drow flesh and receives the blood. It was very happy. It was very happy. Right as in the background, uh, horns started poking up out the water. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the the skeleton army basically tear Granny and her, arm, her army apart. Um, and Cypress tries to keep Niltel's hand, and Niltel's like, what the fuck am I going to do with that? I wasn't keeping your hand for weird reasons. I was keeping it to give it back to you so you could decide what to do with it, and make very good puns. Once you- and to, yeah, and to make puns. Yes. <laughs> it's mostly <laughs> to, what it was for. To harass Niltel with hand puns. But yes, you guys do recover and make it back up into uh, Kevar Abishai in order to get your reward. Oh, and Niltel's also bald because his hair turned into bones. Yeah, part of the corruption. Turned into bones and fell out. Um, yes, we go back to Kevar Abishai. 
we um, waffle for a very long time on whether or not to give the artifacts to Ember Snarl, which we eventually do. And we go into the treasure room, which is packed full of fucking treasure. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we fucking dive in it like Scrooge McDuck. And Vrondis was very cute, but also kind of scary. Yeah, Vrondis immediately moved to claim the entire treasure hoard as his own, because he's a dragon. And I levitated that baby, and he did a screaming... <laughs> he floated him into timeout. And he did a floating, screaming tantrum in midair. It's very upsetting, as we all moved in and just were fucking destroying his hoard and taking Anyway, it this is for me. Yes, and we helped Darenthil regain artifacts that he was on a quest to receive... Also worth noting that um, at this point in the campaign, Ember Snarl had basically declared allegiance to Baphomet, had sacrificed the ghouls, basically, in a thing to Baphomet. And so these corrupted Baphomet artifacts, we didn't want to give them to him because we were worried as to what he would do with them. And now he has them. And now he has them. Now he has them. And they're trying to raise Brondis to be their leader. And uh, Darenthil is also pretty nervous about that because Brondis seems to be kind of a brat. Yeah. Well, he was worried about it because he was a dragon, and Cypress is like, no, he's just a little baby. And then when I floated him, Darenthal's like, wow, that really is a little baby, asshole bastard. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Darenthal is looking in the long term that this dragon in this situation Will not always be a baby. is going to grow up yeah. to throw a different sort of tantrum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we end uh, the season with uh, our last downtime, we all have, we finally have money. Sean has barely given us any money the entire adventure, and we finally have money. Adventuring is risky. Credit to Sean as a DM. Uh, some things are just non-starters, but things like I want a dog are immediately granted, and things like I want money <laughs> to spend on things are immediately put into motion. I think uh, I want a dog. We were immediately granted, but I would like to heal now. Was <laughs> did take a never while. granted. Healing is a, <laughs> healing is a hard stop with Sean. Illegal and against the law. Dog, yes, absolutely. Money, yes, absolutely. eventually, but yes, healing, no. It, it has just, it has gotten to the point though where like our dog can fight, but we're so worried about her well being that we don't really take her anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I I do have to say I just I I like to see you guys you know push your limits. <laughs> Yeah, go through Die. legit trials, you know, like be pushed. I want to see how like far you guys will go. And I want to see, you know, what what greatness you guys can reach when backed into a corner. Um, did anything important happen in the last downtime? Yes. Emma and Miltel had their first kiss. Nope, nope, back up, further back. Um, well, it happened and it was cute. Right after we gained the loot, Miltel falls into a sickness. As if you guys haven't jumped back or forward on any points. Oh yeah, I got sick as fuck, and you had to basically fight my shadow to take the sword from me, because you had finally figured out it was the sword's fault. Yes, basically, Niltel falls into a sickness you can barely move. You have to, like, be in your bed for, like, a week. And Cypress starts talking to first the kobolds, and then to a couple other people. And the kobolds have had experience with shadow creatures who kill you slowly if they hit get you with their blade and i'm like oh wait i did give him that blade yeah the kobolds had some knowledge of these uh dark assassins <laughs> yeah that uh slip in from the gloaming into the swamp that you know cypress disrupted a ritual and killed one of them and then another one uh, came after and tried to assassinate him a little bit later and i'm sure it's just nothing to worry about anymore i'm sure it's fine but yes, and so I go to Yenmai, I'm like, yo, I think this is what's up. And so we go to Niltel, and Niltel's like, 
I like the sword a normal amount and you cannot have it. I will not let you take it. <laughs> I can give you this sword anytime I want, but I do not want to. And Yenmai's like, cool, 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 Cypress, come on. And then from downtown, dunks you so hard with like a fifth level sleep spell. Just knocks <laughs> your little ass right out. Would you guys like to know a terrible but fun fact? Yeah. Was it only a first level sleep spell? No, it was an incredibly high level sleep spell because I wanted to be sure it would work. However... You guys are elves, which means you have the fey ancestry trait, which means that you guys should Can't actually be put be... to sleep by magic. Yep, Whoops. should have actually been immune to that spell. But listen, Nilto was very sick. Yes, Nilto was very sick, and also it was narratively very good. Yes, so I'm hand waving it. But then we discovered one of the chaos side effects, corruption side effects, is that when Nilto goes to sleep, his shadow becomes active and sentient and like independent from your body but since elves meditate and don't usually sleep and so Niltel has never slept we didn't know that until his ass got nuked with a very high level sleep spell yeah uh i got put the fuck to sleep because it's not his cypress does sleep sometimes if he really feels like it cypress usually sleeps he likes dreaming it's fun um, Niltel just does not, and so his shadow had to fight you, and you defeated it and got the sword. Yes, and I put the sword in my bag of holding, which importantly is a different dimension, and severed its connection to Niltel once it was in there. Yes, and then Niltel had a dream where he talked to a demon or a drow. You don't Probably know that it's a demon. You don't know that it's a, a demon. A handmaiden. Right, a drow handmaiden uh, named Yesrina who was like, here's a cool new sword. It's definitely not cursed. And I was like, that sounds cool. I like that. Made out of spider silk? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, giant spider silk. Yeah. Oh, speaking of like demons that like to talk to me, um, back in like Baphomet's lair, a little demon on my shoulder named Lareth was like, do it! <laughs> I don't think it was a demon. It was a spider. This is your destiny. Everything was predetermined. Trust him all. Yeah. Basically, it was like, everything that's happened to you has been part of Lalt's plan, and and Nilto looking at his very fucked up life was like, really? The whole thing? (laughs) Really? Are you sure? And so, she's like, here's a cool new sword, and I was like, that's dope as shit. And then she was like, by the way, my sister's in it, goodbye. By the way, a whole person's in here, goodbye. (laughs) Um, And so, the sword itself is called Silk and Spite, the person in the sword is called Cinefex, and kind of like Moon Sword, Cinefex will give me her opinion sometimes. Yes. Yes, and her opinion is... Don't be alone with people. Don't leave your back open. <laughs> Her opinion is don't kiss your girlfriend. She could stab you. Yes. Yeah. After you get, regain your wellness is when you do the date. I mean, God, my God, you're so close to her that she can wrap her arm around your back and your eyes are closed. Are you kidding me? You will die. You will I mean, die. To be fair, at the beginning of the series, Niltel would not shake hands with anybody because you could pull someone in to stab them if you grabbed their hand. Yeah. So Cinefex is just trying to remind you. To not, to not do that, it's a bad move. <laughs> yeah, just to summarize, more or less, uh, Niltel has been reassured that his whole life is part of God's plan and uh, now has a, uh, an angel on his shoulders. <laughs> sure. A, 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 a middle manager yeah. to watch everything he does. Uh, and Niltel goes and dunks on the people he left in way more a million years ago who are doing terribly because they never had any direction. And then Cypress does some fun stuff. Yeah. Including secret stuff. I guess you can't say the secret stuff because I'm not allowed to know, but what what else did you do? It's a secret. I obtained a magical shield. I We trained Percy in heavy armor. Because your shields uh, and armor were all fucked by some rust jellies. Um, by a rust-eating bug and then a gray slime. Because Sean hates me and wants to nerf me specifically. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. But yes, and also more importantly than that, uh, there was some very good footage of my twin younger sisters and our dog hanging out, and that was good. Oh, yeah. So cute. Also, you get a prosthetic hand to replace your hand. Oh, yeah, I got a hook. Yeah. Waymore is kind of like a soldiery, piratey town, so they know how to deal with missing appendages and limbs. Yeah, draw door hook hand. And I think the only thing we need to get caught up to plot relevance is an, one more again on that uh, end scene that you gave us, Sean. Yes. Yeah, so unbeknownst to our heroes out of the same entrance from the Underdark that Niltel, before the start of this adventure, came out of to raid, a, a new raid group with a priestess leading it is reviewing the battle that went down and is concerned with both uh, eventually getting revenge on those people and some sort of great big evil plan of darkness uh, for the surface world. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dun dun. We did it. We did it. And that's 100 episodes of podcast minus all of our very good jokes. Shoved into an hour and a half. Approximately. Do we want to talk about character arc stuff and then we'll we'll save the season two specifics for table talk? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So Niltel's huge arc was kind of learning to trust uh, Cypress in specific, but I guess people in general. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone is out to get me. But so far, mostly just Cypress in specific. (laughs) Dog. Uh, And a big, not even just trusting that Cypress has got good intentions in mind, but also trusting Cypress, like, to have his back in battle and to not be, like, scheming to, you know, take things away from him. Uh, so it's very interesting because he's never really had a friend that had altruistic motives. <laughs> a lack of ulterior motives. <laughs> and with his, it's a super small part of the plot, but Niltel dating Yenmai is probably the first person he's ever dated out of interest and not out of like a, a need to climb the social ladder. So that's also kind of a moment of like, I actually do enjoy being around this person and not just this person is looks good on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's like a whole thing of him like learning how the surfaced world works and learning that not everyone was brought up like he was and that dynamics are different and trying to kind of fit his personality and what he was taught to care about into this world that wants him to care about different things. Yeah, I think it's also just a charming detail of your character that you like reading business logs and boring journals of just people, boring-ass normal people. Yeah, it was very, uh, it's a very, like, fun learning experience for Niltel to just, like, get the boringest diary he can find and just, like, what is this, what is, like, a random surface person's daily life? And their daily life is, like, I fed my goats and I, like hung out at, with my wife and I went to this local shop and then I came home and cooked dinner. And I was like, that sounds really nice. That sounds real nice. You're just <laughs> watching Slice of Life anime. Like, God, I wish that was me. God, I wish that was me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Their daily life uh, in their journal is not like, oh, I, I trained myself to resist another poison. Effectively, I don't get as sick from from drinking it now and it definitely won't kill me. I, you know, went out to a bar to speak secretly with my conspirators about the murders that we're planning. Uh, and then I had sex with my uh, girlfriend that I'm planning on betraying later this week. 
<laughs> Very good. Um, also, I think something that you're in the middle of dealing with is Lulth is very keen on you manipulating Cypress, and you have not gone one way or the other on that yet. Yeah, Niltel is um, also struggling with his faith because he's very, he's still like, because his whole life has been in dedication to Lulth, he doesn't want to just like throw his religion away. But having gone through this whole arc of Cypress is a person I can trust to Lulth is telling me to betray the one person I've ever like learned I can trust is uh, something we'll have to resolve in season two. <laughs> to, to be continued. Yeah, for sure. Roundabout place. You know, Lareth told you, you know, at least control him. Right, which is, if it, if it was anyone else, I would definitely be like, oh yeah, obviously. Oh sure, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, uh, Lareth told you, just not, don't repeat their mistakes. Right, so that is, that is a, a possible future growth moment. Um, that's the open-ended piece of the puzzle. What horrible problems will come out of it, I wonder. Anyway, how's Cypress doing? Yeah, I did a lot of thinking about this, and I'm not sure anything is as nice on paper as Niltel's was. Well, maybe, we'll see. But Cypress started this pretty naive and with a black and white view of things, and not a lot of nuance to it. Very strong opinions like, these people are cool, I hate this asshole here, this is a bad thing that should not be done. And then sort of expanding his goals from just sort of like, you know, vibing in the swamp and doing whatever to like being able to accept a heroic purpose in the first place, which is something that Sean tricked me, Molly, into, because I'm very bad at playing heroic characters. I, I do remember, like, in Session Zero, Molly specifically being like, I am not a hero. I can't play heroes. And then me being like, challenge fucking accepted. Yeah. It wasn't even a trick. You were just like, as Cress was like, and the sword needs someone to be heroic to redeem our family. And Cypress is like, I'll do it. And then after the session, I was like, wait. <laughs> But yes, the ability for Cyprus to like, it's sort of like a coming of age, I suppose, being able to accept a higher purpose and try and do what's right in a world that is expanding and gaining shades of gray. Yeah, I mean, exactly, because it's like the first like huge responsibility he's taken on, right? Yeah, I mean, he was just a kid before. I just realized that you guys are a bright hope, grim, dark dynamic. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the party. And, uh... You have a little bit of hope in you now, and they have a little bit of cynicism in them now. Yeah. So just trying to figure out what is right and good, and whether or not good and right are actually concrete definitions that can carry across a whole realm's worth of people and diversity is something that I think that Cyprus is having a hard time with. But also just like... Also showcasing, like, unflinching loyalty, possibly to the point of naivety, is still something he does. Yeah, I guess I don't want to, like, put in an arc where there might not be one, but the idea of, at the very beginning of the series, Cypress literally just had a habit of taking in anyone who looked like they needed help, to the point where people in the town knew to expect, like, random kobolds wandering in for food. <laughs> to the point where, like, at the end of this last arc, Reniltel literally, as far as Cyprus knows, swears loyalty to a fucking demon. And is finally like, maybe I should... Uh, not trust everyone implicitly. <laughs> maybe I should trust a little less. Maybe I should, like, not totally give away, you know. Yeah, and it's not even, like, a perfect thing, because Cyprus was fooled by your very high deception. 
and thought that you actually were wholeheartedly, without ulterior motive, swearing loyalty to a demon and didn't want to believe it and didn't know how to process it. So the second you showed any, like, genuine intention or vulnerability and offered to get your hand chopped off, basically, Cypress was like, okay, I trust you again, because he's not very good at internal conflict. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I think it's interesting. That might be have to be something else that is explored in season two the like cognitive dissonance element of like i really need to talk about this with my friend but i want them to still be my friend afterward cyprus would forgive kylo ren that's well yeah that's one of the things i've given cyprus that i also have and work with so (laughs) um but it's good it does yeah they do both kind of have opposite arcs Mm -hmm. but i think they're both going from cartoonish uh <laughs> extremes cartoonish extremes to actual people to actual nuanced characters yeah <laughs> i'm really looking forward to next season to you guys a leveling up more frequently and b us getting around to uh some of the things that i told you guys to put a pen in yay the main spine of the arc so far uh, is that a fissure opened up in the swamp uh, and then the kobolds went to a mountain and that there was a a a, a very long history of dragons uh, and darkness behind all that yeah it's very dramatic it is very good sean sean i just want to mention we don't talk about it too often but i think you're doing a great job thank you i think i am doing a messy job no it's very cool and fun it very is very good. cool and fun and messy well if it's messy it's hard to tell it's okay. the, it's 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 that fun nasty messy Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think that my mentality is going to change into feeling a little bit more organized and competent about it in season two. It'll be a breath of fresh air. It'll be starting over from zero, basically. And I think that I'm definitely going to review this episode in particular when I think about, hey, you know, what what has happened so far? What is important? What do my players care about? Yeah, that's one of those things that I think is important. One, to be able to give our audience a good jumping off point, and two, to give us a framework to go forward from. Hell yeah. Molly, can we get some more air horns? Yeah, yeah, hold on. Oh no, I I, I closed my air horns app. How could I be such a fool? How could you be so naive? What what should we say before she blows the air horns? You better fucking hurry. My finger's on the button. (laughs) I'm very, very glad that even though this took over two years to end season one, I think it was very good. And we learned a lot about making podcasts and (laughs) playing D&D and what we want out of like a D&D experience. And I'm glad that there are actual human beings that have listened to a hundred goddamn episodes of us playing a game. It's incredible. Sounds fake, but I value them very much. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate this podcast for helping me make something that I'm proud of, and also giving me good structure, which I need, even as my life is chaotic, to be able to see my two best friends. Well, see and or talk at. I mean, this is basically where we're... This is where we're at in the pan- in pandemic times. We, I, I do miss recording in the same room with you. It definitely is a lot easier because we don't talk over each other because we can tell when someone's about to talk. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have like a built-in hang. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just something that I listen to. I'm like, fuck, we're funny. God, we're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> we're so yeah. fucking funny. It's, it's good to have uh, evidence of it. 
that were so fucking funny. Yeah, if no one, if, even if it's to no one but ourselves, I'm still very happy with it. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're doing this for ourselves, and everybody else who enjoys it is just a side bonus thing. Oh, there they go. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> 100 episodes. <laughs> 100 episodes, Jesus Christ. Holy shit. Holy fuck. Uh, important question. Is the first episode of season two going to be 101 or, or one? Oh, uh, it's got to be 101. Oh no, do we? does that mean we have to do 100 episodes in season two to keep the numbering Absolutely metric not. consistent? <laughs> season two will be nowhere near that long. We'll see. We can oh. do 2.01, 2.02, etc. I don't know if I'm going to be able to cram everything I want to do in season two down into 50 episodes. My most optimistic estimate is 60 episodes, but my cynical estimate is like 80 or 80 plus episodes. Yeah, that's fine. But let's just make a time capsule out of this. Today is September 28th, 2020. When did the first episode come out? It was published two years ago on Friday, July 27th, 2018, at uh, 11.13 p.m. Holy shit. (laughs) And I think that we recorded for a month or two before that. Yeah, we actually started recording episodes... In, in May? May, because we knew that October I would be gone for half of the month. And we were like, well, we don't want to start putting out episodes and then immediately take a hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, we'll have a backlog. And then we've had a backlog this whole time and we're still not used to we're, it. We finally don't have a backlog now that we're doing the recap because we're going to go on hiatus after Table Talk. That's true. This is episode 100. Uh, the episode that came out just last Friday was 98. Ooh, and so our which, only backlog is 99, which, which comes out next week. Which means what we're recording right now is going to come out October 9th. Wow. But yeah, so two years and a handful of months is very easily the longest campaign I've ever been a part of. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. So handily, yeah. <laughs> Cypress and Niltel are rad. They're very good. Cypress and Niltel are best friends. They're good friends, yes. <laughs> Uh, and I, I think that's it. I think that's yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks everyone who listens. Thank you, my best friends, for recording with me and doing a podcast. I don't remember why we decided to do a podcast, honestly. Oh, I remember. Well, we did. I remember. It's because I broke up with a person and listened to the episodes of that podcast we put out. And I'm like, God damn, this was fun. Oh, yeah. Why don't I do it with people who I'm actually going to stick with for like, we years made to two come. episodes of a different D and D podcast and then never did it ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Because the DM sucked. I remember, Cause I made the logo for that one. It was a good logo. Yeah, it was very good. And I'm a much better DM. You're a very good DM because you don't drop games after five episodes. It's, it, yeah, it's helpful when you can like continue to DM for two years and some months. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for doing this with me on a half-baked suggestion that ended up being very fun. It was a very good suggestion. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners who have listened to 100 episodes, and thank you to the people who are just hopping on here and listening to this episode before going forward. Hell yeah. It's going to be a crazy ride. It's got to be something. Would, would you guys like a preview? A preview of Campaign 2? Ooh, yes. Campaign 2, Arc 1. Here there be dwarves! Ah! Oh, that's it. <laughs> Goodbye. There's going to be dwarves in this one. Bye. 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 I love you. Good enough. You sound like a cat. I was going to say, it's a cat horn. Yeah, we'll just...
in post make those the actual airport noises just sound Sean making cat sounds. <laughs> That's something definitely I'm going to do. Sadly, Kalina didn't do one. Yeah, for sure. Depression. You can't say she didn't do it. It hasn't happened yet. You do pay attention. But I do. <laughs> I, I actually, not, not super well. Not very much. Um, during the program, during the didactic portion of the program, when it was just okay. two very long lectures, I made it about 30 or 40 minutes into literally every class and then started falling asleep. Like, my um, notes from this period are marred with downward slashes of the pen where I fell asleep and dragged the pen downwards across the paper. One of my friends, we were um, studying together for um, social psych, which, uh, despite the name, was one of the harder psych classes. And um, there's a point in her notes, we were like both looking through our notes and she just started laughing and I was like, what? And she handed it to me and there was like, at the top of the page, there were some notes and then like kind of a trailing of the pencil and then a blob where her foundation hit the page. Wow. (laughs) Where her forehead just (laughs) put a brown spot on the page. so fucking good. Uh, listeners, if anyone wants to make me an embroidery that says the Bone Crater so I can designate it my my room the Bone Crater, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Molly, you're bad. Molly, you're so bad. So I'm bad. bad. I'm very funny. Everyone be quiet for two seconds. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Crack and open a cold one. Crack and open a cold one. You can find us on Facebook at D20 Downtime. You can find us on Twitter at D20DPod. Our website is at d20-downtime.pinecast.co. And our merch is at cafepress.com forward slash nerdcasts. Goodbye. And now I stop recording.